All right. Praise the Lord. Are you ready? Open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 26, first of all. Matthew chapter 26. I've been ready for two days. <clears throat> In fact, yesterday I just had, when I got up yesterday morning, I had such a wonderful time with the Lord. I've got four sermons already made out. And I don't know where I'm going to preach them. But somewhere, praise the Lord. All right, let me get back up here where I was. Matthew chapter 26. I was reading the word yesterday just in preparation for what the Lord would have me share this morning. And I came across a phrase in Matthew chapter 26, something Jesus said. And I just want to read that phrase to you in verse 18. Right in the middle of the verse, it says, my time is at hand. My time is at hand. The Passion Translation says, my appointed time is near. My appointed time is near. Not too long ago, I was out on the road uh, preaching, I believe it was in Birmingham, right after uh, the minister's conference in January that Brother Copeland had. I believe it was there, and I was preaching about to everything there is a season from Ecclesiastes chapter 3. It says, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. The message translation says, a right time for everything. There is a right time for everything. Uh, some translations say, a set time or a fixed time, which is predetermined by God. In other words, it's not something I set, it's something God sets. It's predetermined by Him. And then another translation says, a fitting time or a proper time. And once again, it's all determined by God. And the Adam Clark commentary says, God, by his providence, governs the world and has determined particular things and operations to take place at particular times. Now, notice once again, Jesus said, my time is at hand. My appointed time is near. When I read that, it just seemed to jump off the pages into my spirit. Appointed time. Appointed times are determined by God. The only way that you and I could know when an appointed time is here is it have to be revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. Now, or it could come through the mouth of a prophet. Amen. And of course, the prophet, for the most part, if he's a true prophet, he's being inspired by the Holy Spirit. And so, uh, I'm thinking of a incident in the Bible where it says the prophet stood up and said, this time tomorrow. So that meant that they knew tomorrow was the appointed time. Amen. Nobody had to wonder when that appointed time would be. Tomorrow. Now you and I don't always know that something's going to happen tomorrow unless it was revealed by the Holy Spirit or once again 
could come through the mouth of a prophet. Okay, because the prophet is one of God's, acts as God's mouthpiece. Okay? And so, he said, this time tomorrow. Now, there were people, or one person in particular, who didn't believe it. He, he just couldn't see any way possible that this could happen by tomorrow. And the prophet went on to say, oh, it'll happen, but you won't experience it. You got to mix your faith with it. Amen. And it did happen tomorrow, just like the prophet said. It did happen, and you know the story. I won't take the time to go any deeper into that. But once again, that phrase, my time is at hand. My appointed time is near. And here Jesus is referring to his death. His appointed time was near. But we must also remember that not only was it appointed time for Jesus, but it was an appointed time for mankind. Right along with it. When Jesus was willing to go to the cross and give up his life, that was our appointed time as well. Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4 and 5 says, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son to redeem them. So when Jesus said, My time has come. My time is near. It's at hand. He's also referring to our time. Amen. And he said, Paul says, In the fullness of time. In other words, there was a perfect time for this to happen. Everything had to be fulfilled first. Uh, the Bible in the Old Testament prophesies things that had to happen before Jesus even came into the earth. And then once he came into the earth, the Old Testament prophesied about things that must happen while he was in the earth. And when it was fulfilled, then Jesus said, okay, my time is at hand. I fulfilled everything that was spoken about me leading up to this time. And now it's time for me to go to the cross. It's time for me to pay the price for man's transgression. So once again, it was an appointed time for him, but it was also an appointed time for us. Can you say amen? First John chapter 4 and verse 9 says, God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. John also tells us one chapter earlier, in 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, For this purpose, the Son of God was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. And then the book of Hebrews says that through death he might deliver them who all their lifetime lived in the bondage of fear. And that's referring to us. So once again, Jesus' appointed time was also an appointed time for us. That's when we were set free from Satan's control. Now, going back to Paul's writings, he tells us in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. Hath made us free. Hath made us free. I'm not going to get free when I get to heaven. I'm free now, praise God. In fact, I've been free for a long time. I didn't find out about it until 1969. Some of you may just found out about it today. <laughs> but we've been made free 
when Jesus was willing to give his life and to pay the price for Adam's transgression. So Paul says, stand fast in that liberty wherewith Christ has made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Now, throughout the Bible, if you study it carefully, there are various stories of people experiencing appointed times. Appointed times. And when they came, so did victory come. Along with that came great uh, supernatural blessings when appointed times took place. Let's go back and look at a couple of them just for reference purpose. Go back to Genesis chapter 17. Genesis chapter 17. And you know the story of God making covenant with Abraham. And then look at verse 21. But my covenant will I establish with Isaac, Abraham's seed, which Sarah shall bear unto thee at this set time in the next year. Now, all those years, Sarah was barren. It was impossible for her to conceive. Her womb was dead, the Bible says. But when God shows up, (laughs) everything is possible. Even old women can get pregnant. (laughs) I hope nobody's believing for that. Amen. (laughs) But notice here, God gave them a set time. Let's read it again. Verse 21. But my covenant will I establish with Isaac, which Sarah shall bear. Now notice, God's already talking about Isaac, and she's not even pregnant yet. He calls things that be not as though they are. But my covenant will I establish with Isaac, which Sarah shall bear unto thee at this set time in the next year. So Abraham and Sarah already know that a set time is coming next year. Amen? So, you know, when people say, well, Brother Jerry, how do you know this is the year for supernatural increase beyond anything we've ever experienced before? Because God told me. That shouldn't seem unusual or strange to you. (laughs) Amen. The Bible says from the mouth of Jesus himself, when the spirit of God comes, he will not only lead and guide you into all truth, but he will show you things to come. I purpose to know things to come. I don't just live in the now. I live in the coming. (laughs) In what's coming. Hallelujah. And you've heard me say it many times, particularly during the month of October is when I set time aside to specifically listen to God as to what's going to happen in the coming new year. Amen. And he's never let me down. I may not get it the first day that I set my heart to receive, but I don't give up. Hallelujah. Sometimes uh, it comes in the first part of the month, sometimes in the middle of the month, sometimes in the latter part of the month. This past year, it came in the month of September while I was flying to Australia with Brother Copeland. 
I just minding my own business, not bothering anybody. Didn't have 2020 on my brain. And the Lord said in 2020, I will cause, I will open a new door and I'll cause you to experience supernatural increase beyond anything you've ever experienced before. And I knew that was the word of the Lord. Amen. Somebody said, well, how do you know it was God? Well, the devil is not interested in bringing supernatural increase to you. So it couldn't have been the devil. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, notice once again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just keep bearing down on this point. At this set time in the next year. So Abraham and Sarah already know that some major turnaround and a breakthrough is about to take place in their lives next year. Hallelujah. Wouldn't that inspire your faith if you knew next year this is going to happen? Or wouldn't it inspire your faith if God told you in advance, tomorrow this is going to happen? I don't know why people think it's so strange that God would tell us in advance some things that are about to happen. I expect him to tell me. Hallelujah. And then my responsibility is to tell you. Hallelujah. And tell the body of Christ everywhere he sends me. And that is exactly what I've been doing since September 2019. I preached it all over uh, Africa. I, I, in fact, I'm going back to Europe next month, uh, 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 England, Ireland, wherever else we're going. And I'll be preaching it there, praise God. Hallelujah. Preached in every church I've been to here in the U.S. since September. And people are already experiencing it. Hallelujah. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm probably next. Now, let's go to Genesis chapter 21. Genesis chapter 21. And look at verse 1 and 2. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said. And the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. Well, isn't that amazing? God keeps his word. And Sarah, for Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken to him. So that would mean that exactly one year later, from the time that he told Sarah and Abraham, that they were going to have a son. His name would be called Isaac at the set time. Well, when that set time came, no devil from hell could keep Isaac from coming. Hallelujah. And no devil from hell can keep supernatural increase from coming to you if you'll dare receive it. Say, I receive it. Praise God. Amen. So along with great victories come supernatural blessings. When God talks about a set time, turnarounds come, breakthroughs come. When you take the time to read all the times where it's mentioned a set time in the Bible, then you'll find people going from slavery to freedom. They'll go from poverty to prosperity, and they'll go from not enough to more than enough. Hallelujah. And the beautiful thing is he's still the God of the turnaround. He's still the God of the breakthrough. Hallelujah. He's stretching out his hand right now to bring deliverance to his people and, and supernatural increase to them 
that dared to believe for it. Hallelujah. Now let's go to Psalm 102. Psalm 102. And look at verse 13. Thou shalt arise and have mercy upon Zion for the time to favor her. Yea, the set time is come. Hallelujah. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you be excited if you had lived back in that day and it was told to you the set time has come? Hallelujah. I, I, I remember studying uh, from Leviticus about the year of Jubilee. And every 50th year, God would have someone to sound the trumpet, blow the trumpet of Jubilee. Every 50th year, they, he established a, a, a year of Jubilee. And if you read it, you'll find out that it was a year when everyone was set free. It was a year that everything was restored back to them that they had lost. It was a year of great and supernatural blessing. And they knew that every 50th year, if you were still alive at that time, then in the seventh month, I believe it said, and the tenth day, someone would go out and take that shofar and blow it. And that would indicate Jubilee has begun. Now, don't you know if you had been living in that day and you were in bondage and things had been taken away from you, your children were in captivity, you'd lost everything you had, don't you just believe that if you'd been living and you were one of those people, when they saw that old boy grab that shofar, I don't know about you, but I probably would have stopped him on the way and said, how's your throat today? <laughs> are, you, are you feeling good? Because, buddy, when you blow that horn, my freedom begins. Hallelujah. Amen? Don't you know people were excited when they saw him? I mean, they, they've been waiting a long time. Some of them, you know, they remembered the last jubilee they experienced. 50 years prior. And now it's time for Jubilee again. See, that was, the, that was the compassion of God. They didn't deserve it. They brought the bondage they were in on themselves. But because God's compassionate, God is love, He wanted them to experience at least one year of freedom, even if they didn't deserve it. And so he established this ordinance called the year of Jubilee. Amen. And when that boy blew that horn, the Jubilee was sounded and everybody was set free and everything was restored to them. Whatever the enemy had taken from them, it was brought back to them. Prosperity, days of victory, days of prosperity. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, I'm acting as a horn blower. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
I'm blowing the horn of freedom. Hallelujah. I'm blowing the horn of supernatural increase. Hallelujah. Amen. Somebody ought to check my throat this morning. Somebody ought to said, are you okay, Brother Jerry? You're feeling good? Because, Brother, we want you to blow the horn when you come in that service. Hallelujah. I was preaching on the year of Jubilee one time in, in uh, Bob Nichols Church years ago. And when I got to the part about that old boy got up to blow the horn of freedom, somebody in the audience stood up and went, Da-da-da-da-da-da! And for years later, every time Bob Nichols saw me, he went, Da-da-da-da-da-da! I said, shut up, Bob. Amen. Notice, thou shalt arise and have mercy upon Zion for the time to favor her. Yea, the set time has come. This set time to favor Zion had come. Amen. A set time denotes a time for God's divine intervention to take place. That's what you and I are experiencing this year. God's divine intervention. Amen. Some may not deserve it. In fact, he specifically said to me, he would do this for the faithful. Amen. But if you haven't been faithful, you can still get in. Just determine you're going to be faithful for the rest of your life. Amen. Make the decision right now. If you haven't been faithful, then make the decision. I'm going to get faithful and I'm going to start right now. Amen. So a set time denotes a time for God's divine intervention to take place. It's when he's determined to bring to pass something that he has promised for his people or to do for his people. One commentary states, it's a time, and I love this, when God bestirs himself. And the word bestir implies to rouse, to stir up, and to become active. Look at your neighbor and say, my God has bestirred himself. My God is ready to go into action. And thank him in advance for it. Amen. Hallelujah. I love that. And when he bestirs himself to do something, then no devil can stop him from doing it. Hallelujah. You know, it's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, you bestir yourself to go on a diet. Oh, Brother Jerry, we're preaching good till you started that. Uh, you, you bestir yourself to start working out, exercising. Amen. I have a gym in my home. I walked right by that gym this morning. How you doing? <laughs> I just kept on going to my study. You know. But I promised myself, it's time to get back in the gym. Amen. I'm, I'm 73 and I want to be in good shape for the rest of my life. Hallelujah. I'm, 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 I'm doing pretty good as it is, but I want to be better, praise God. But you have to bestir yourself. Amen? You have to, you have to rouse yourself to, 
action. Amen. It won't do you any good just hoping you'll, it'll happen. Hoping someday I'll do this. Amen. Got to go into action. Amen. Now, the enemy may have had his hour in your life, but now it's God's time. It's God's time. Verse 16 says, When the Lord shall build up Zion, he shall appear in his glory. The Passion Translation says, You will reveal yourself and appear in the brightness of your glory. You will reveal yourself. Look at your neighbor and say, My God is about to reveal himself. The message translation says, he shows up in all his glory. And we learned some time ago, when we were preaching quite often during that year, what the glory is. It's the manifested presence, it's the manifested power, and it's the manifested goodness of God. And when God reveals himself and appears in his glory, then that's what you can expect. His manifested presence, His manifested power, and His manifested goodness. Supernatural increase is a manifestation of the goodness of God. Therefore, it is a manifestation of the glory of God. Can you say amen? It's the manifested presence, power, and goodness of God. And when the glory appears, then a major turnaround is just on the horizon. A breakthrough will follow. I remember uh, some time back when I was in a little town called Liberty, Texas, right outside of Houston. And I had been preaching all over that Houston area for several days. And a pastor friend of mine in Liberty came over to my last service. And I I believe it was uh, in Pasadena, Texas or somewhere. And he asked if I would consider staying over one more day and preaching his church. And I really was ready to come home. I'd been preaching every night for several nights. And I said, Pastor, I'd really like to go home. He said, oh, Brother Jerry, just stay one more night and preach in my church. So I I, I agreed to do that. So we went over to Liberty, Texas, and they put us in a, a little motel there. And the moment I walked in, I was just going to, in fact, all I got out of my bag was my alarm clock. (laughs) I was going to set it for one hour, take a nap for one hour, and then get up and get prepared for the service. I was tired. I was ready to go home. And um, I set it for one hour. And I laid down on the bed there and closed my eyes. And almost immediately, I had a visitation of the Lord. I didn't expect it. I didn't know it was going to happen. I wasn't counting on it. I wasn't planning on it. All I was planning on doing is take an hour nap. And, and boy, the Shekinah glory of God filled that room. It, it was so thick, I couldn't even see the furniture anymore. And the Lord spoke to me. And he said, my people know me as Savior. Some know me as baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Some know me as healer and deliverer, but they don't all know me as the God of the breakthrough. If they did, they wouldn't give up so quickly. He said, tell them. 
when you go to that service tonight that the God of the breakthrough wants to visit their house. Well, there was no more sleeping after that, man. I was, I was fired up. I could hardly wait to get in that service. I got over there and exploded in about seven different directions. I mean, man, I'm preaching on the God of the breakthrough. And we had a marvelous service. And the pastor said, uh, are you going home tonight? Or are you waiting to go home tomorrow? I said, no, I'm going to the airport, get my plane, and I'm flying home tonight. He said, have you checked out of that room? I said, well, I left the key in there. I didn't actually go to the front desk to check out. He said, good. I'm going over there and spend the night in that same room, sleep in your bed, because they probably hadn't even changed the sheets yet, and I want to sleep right there where you slept. I said, help yourself. And the next uh, Sunday, he told me, he said, man, the God of the breakthrough showed up in church, just like he did when you were there a few nights before. Praise God. Amen. He's the God of the breakthrough. And he still wants to visit our house. And this year, he wants to visit our house with supernatural increase. Beyond anything we've ever experienced before. Can you say amen? So notice when the Lord, verse 16, shall build up Zion, he shall appear in his glory. He will regard the prayer of the destitute and not despise their prayers. So notice here, People that have been under a lot of financial pressure, people that have been destitute, people that have had great needs, and it seems as though they would never be, uh, never come to pass. Uh, uh, the blessing of prosperity would never come to pass. Notice it says, "He will regard the prayer of the destitute and not despise their prayer." In other words, God's been listening; He's heard your prayer. Don't think He hasn't. Amen? Somebody said, well, I, I thought maybe he wasn't listening because it's been months since I prayed and asked him to help me with this. There's a set time. Amen. There's a set time. I don't always know when the set time is here unless the Holy Spirit would reveal it to me. So my place and your place is just stay in faith until it comes. Yes, yes. Amen. Amen. Don't let go of your faith. Okay. Well, how long do I have to wait? Well, that's very simple. Until you don't have to wait anymore. <laughs> Some people ask me, well, how long do I have to stand? Until you don't have to stand anymore. <laughs> Amen. It's that simple. Right. Having done all to stand, stand. There, there, you can't wedge anything between stand, stand. You just stand. Yeah, but it's not easy, brother. I didn't say it's easy, but it works. I've become, in 51 years of ministry, I have become an expert in the art of standing. I'm standing right now for a major breakthrough that I have been believing God for for several years now. And I just sense in my spirit, my set time is near. And I am not giving up. Hallelujah. I said, I am not giving up. Amen. You've heard me say it before. I made the decision 51 years ago when I came to Christ, 1969, that quitting is no longer an option. And I haven't been a quitter in 51 years. Hallelujah. Not only that, God has honored my commitment. Praise God. Glory to God. So he will regard the prayer of the destitute 
and not despise their prayer. So if you've been praying and believing God for breakthrough, for turnaround, for supernatural increase, then this is not the time to give up. Now you say, well, how do you know that I can apply those verses? Oh, I'm glad you asked that. Look at verse 18. This shall be written for the generation to come. Hallelujah. The generation to come. That puts you and me in that verse. Aren't you one of the generations to come after this was written? Amen. This shall be written for the generation to come. And the people which which shall be created shall praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Did my mic go up and said, the people that shall be created shall praise the Lord. I said, the people that shall be created shall praise the Lord. Hallelujah. They shall praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Why are they praising God? Because their set time has come. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give the Lord a great shout of praise. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Praise God. This is such a good sermon, I may buy a copy of it myself. Now, this is your appointed time for supernatural increase, for turnaround, for breakthrough. No matter how impossible it might look, it's your time to experience supernatural increase beyond anything you've ever experienced before. Don't let go of this. Start expecting it to happen at any moment. Amen. Hallelujah. Every time, uh, I'll go ahead and tell you this. Some of you know it already. But what I was referring to that I've been believing for for a long, long time is a Falcon 50 EX airplane, international jet. And I've been believing God for that for a long, long time. And to demonstrate my expectancy, every time I land in the airplane I have now, which is a great airplane, I mean, it is, it is the finest airplane I've ever owned, but it won't take me international. It doesn't have the range for international. I can fly about 1,900 nautical miles. That will not cross some oceans, okay? And I don't want to land out in the middle of the Pacific, okay? <laughs> and so I've been believing for this airplane for a long time. And every time we land our airplane at an airport where there is a Falcon 50 EX, I get out of my airplane and I say, are you looking for me? <laughs> Are, are, are you my airplane? Is somebody just holding it for me? In fact, my pilots, they, they, when, when they see a Falcon 50 sitting on the tarmac, 
before we ever get out of the airplane, one of them will say, isn't that right? One of them will say, Brother Jerry, look. I got them all expecting, hallelujah. Brother Jerry, look. Sometimes if, if, if the pilot's there or the people that own it is there, I'll ask them, can I, can I go up in the airplane and take a look? And many times they, you know, if they're there, they, they're usually agreeable. And I'll just get up there and look at it, praise God. Get an image on the inside of me of what seat I'm going to sit in, hallelujah. <laughs> you don't really believe. Oh, yes, I really yeah, believe. Exactly. Come on. That's right. Amen. And I need it more now than I've ever needed it in my life. Hallelujah. You just had and watch. One day, soon, I'm going to show you the picture of the manifested Falcon 50 EX. Amen. In fact, the day it arrives, all of you are invited to Spinks Airport and look. It'll be inspiring to your faith. God has blessed me over the years with nine different debt-free airplanes. Three of them have been jets. Why wouldn't he do it now? Because he's the one who told me I would not be able able to fulfill what I'm called to do without airplanes in my ministry. Well, now my ministry is worldwide. I travel more overseas than Brother Copeland does, Brother Jesse does. I don't know anybody who travels overseas more than I do. It's time. I said it's time. Hallelujah. And I might add, and all the money it takes to operate that thing. Because <laughs> it is not cheap, praise God. Amen. But God is faithful. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, notice... Um, once again, that this shall be written for the generations to come and the people which shall be created shall praise the Lord. So I would suggest that you never stop praising God in advance of the supernatural increase you're expecting to take place in your life. Now, you remember what God said to the children of Israel while they were still in bondage to Egypt. Exodus chapter 12. Go there with me real quick. Exodus chapter 12. Are you receiving from this? Now, this is what God told Moses to tell them while they were still in bondage. Look at verse uh, 11. And thus shall ye eat it, talking about the Passover, with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, your staff in your hand, and ye shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. Now what he was doing, he was about to deliver them out of the bondage of Egypt. And what he's encouraging them to do is anticipate it. Get ready for it. Amen? I mean, they're still in bondage. And he's already saying, all right, now, you be sure you got your shoes on your feet. (laughs) Your loins are girded. Your staff in your hand. 
Amen. Eat what you got in haste because your breakthrough is just around the corner. Supernatural increase is coming. Bible says when they left Egypt, they carried all the gold and the silver out with them. Hallelujah. I I like the way he said it. He said, uh, go borrow all the gold and silver you can from the Egyptians. Borrow. The Egyptians hated these people. In fact, they'd have had their way. They'd have killed them the first day. But they've been in slavery to Egypt all these years. And now God says, you go borrow all the gold and silver that they will loan you. Can you imagine? You know, Harry Goldstein (laughs) knocking on the Egyptian's door. Uh, I'm Mr. Goldstein. I know I'm your slave, but I want to borrow all your gold and silver. <laughs> oh, no problem. I'll go get it all. And so, you know, he just brings out all his gold and silver. And then he goes and knocks on another door. Uh, I just got all the gold and silver from your neighbor, and I'm here to collect all yours. <laughs> and they gave it to them. And when they, when they left Egypt, they carried all the gold and silver with them that they had borrowed. And when they got to the Red Sea, you remember God split the Red Sea and God's people went across on dry ground and the Egyptians decided to follow them. And they followed them and God closed up the sea, swallowed them all up, And it's the first record of supernatural debt cancellation. Amen. Hallelujah. Boy, our God is some kind of God, isn't he? Now, don't pray that God will kill your people you owe, you know, swallow them up, you know. But nothing is impossible with our God. So notice here, he is endeavoring to create anticipation. Amen. I get excited when I go to the airport. I do. I get excited when I go to the airport. I get excited when I see other falcons. I get excited when I'm around people that own falcons. In fact, we landed in Little Rock, Arkansas last Sunday night, Ken and I. And as we were taxing to the FBO, I pointed, looked out the window, and I said, Ken, that's the Falcon 50 headquarters. That's where, that's where the headquarters are. Falcon 50 is a French-built aircraft. And then they fly them over to Little Rock and some other places where they finish all of the interior and all the avionics and all that. And I've, I have toured the plant in Little Rock, a VIP tour. Hallelujah. I'm anticipating it. I'm preparing for it. In fact, while I was in Little Rock, the pastor gave me a Falcon 50 ball cap, which I already had one, but thank God I got two now. I'm anticipating it. Faith without corresponding actions is void of power. 
Don't keep saying, well, I'm expecting supernatural increase. And you never put any action to it? Okay. Well, how can I act like I got supernatural increase? Sow toward it. Talk it. Praise God in advance. There's lots of things you can do. These are all basics of releasing the God kind of faith. Can you say amen? So you could say, uh, I got my Falcon 50 shoes on. I got my Falcon 50 staff in my hand. And my loins are girded with Falcon 50 underwear. Hallelujah. (laughs) And I'm not showing you that. (laughs) No, they haven't made any yet. To my knowledge, but when they do, I'm having a pair. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, notice it says... In verse 12, I'm sorry, verse 14. And this day shall be unto you for a memorial. That that day that they were being released. It shall be unto you a memorial. A memorial implies a time to commemorate. You know, a lot of times in the Old Testament, when God gave them a turnaround or they, he gave them a major breakthrough or a major victory in battle when they were totally outnumbered. To commemorate that, they piled up stones right there where that victory was won. Amen. They piled stones up. And every time they passed by that place where those stones were, it was a reminder of what God had done for them. Amen. I have reminders. I I don't necessarily pile up stones, but I pile up stones in my heart. I've got reminders. In fact, I date every sermon I preach. I've been doing that for 51 years. I I date it, and and I put the city I preached it in for the first time. And I can always go back. I've got in my archives 51, well, not 51, because I'm still doing these, but 50 years of sermons with a date on them when I preached it and the place I first preached it, what city I was in when I preached it. I can always go back. Not only that, but but I I keep a, 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 a journal of breakthroughs that I've experienced. I, my, my seed time and harvest journal. I, I write in there every time I sow a seed. And I write in there every time I get a harvest from that seed. I, I, it's a reminder that if God's done it before, he can do it again. If God's got me $10, he can get me $100. If God's got me $100, he can get me $1,000. If God's got me $1,000, he can get me $100,000. And if God's got me a hundred thousand, he can get me millions. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. A memorial. In fact, I, I put memorials in my airplanes when they manifest. I have a plaque in the galley of my airplane I have now. I call it above and beyond. Because it is above anything I've ever owned before. It's beyond anything I've ever owned before. And I put the scripture Ephesians 3.20. And every time you walk in that airplane, you sit down, you're going to see that. 
It's before you even get into the cockpit. You're going to see that above and beyond. Hallelujah. That's my testimony. And, and my airplane goes to shops where there's people that are not believers. You know, people that, that, that uh, do maintenance on them and, and uh, work on them. You know, uh, there, there are certain inspections that we have to do every year. Mandatory from the FFA. FAA rather. And, and it's a must. You don't, you don't ignore them. You got to do them, you know. And there are people like the last major inspection I had was a phase five. And that means they take all the interior out. They take everything out of that airplane. It's a major inspection and they check for corrosion. They check for any of the rivets that have corroded. I mean, it is nothing but a shell. You don't even recognize your airplane when they send pictures to you. Amen. And there's people that do that that I know are not believers. But they never take off my plaque. So while they're working in there, they got to see above and beyond. Ephesians 3.20. That's my memorial. Hallelujah. Amen. Think about setting up a memorial in advance. Hallelujah. What could you do to commemorate the supernatural increase that you're about to experience? Hallelujah. Well, you could do this. Just, just you know, a suggestion. Don't turn it in yet. But you could take a check out of your checkbook and make it to Heritage of Faith for the largest contribution you've ever made. And just put it on your desk. Put it on the refrigerator. Put it on uh, uh, the bathroom mirror. That one day I'm going to write this amount and sew it into my church. That's commemorating the breakthrough in advance. That's just a suggestion. Amen. Not required to do so. Don't start throwing rocks at me. Huh? No. What could you do to commemorate before it happens? And what will you do to commemorate after it happens? Hallelujah. I'm preaching better than you're responding right now. Amen. This day shall be to you a memorial. Once again, a memorial implies a time to commemorate. The message translation says, this will be a memorial day for you and you will celebrate. (laughs) Hallelujah. So God was telling them that this was an appointed time and a major turnaround was in the making. So how many of you today are believing for major turnarounds? How many of you are believing for major breakthroughs? How many of you are believing for supernatural increase? Well, I believe the set time is this year. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, let me close it with this. I've mentioned this to you in some of the previous messages uh, about this prophetic word. The number 20 is very significant in the Bible. It's symbolic of a completed 
waiting period. A completed waiting period. If you'll go through your Bible, you'll find that there are a number of stories that talk about something major took place after the people waited for 20 years. I don't have time to give you the examples, but maybe next time I preach here, I can, I can do that. But the number 20, now I'm not in a numerology, but in the Bible, there are certain numbers that are very significant. Like the number seven, perfection. The number eight, new beginning. Amen. Uh, the number 20 is symbolic of a perfect waiting period. In other words, they waited 20 years and then it came to pass what God had promised them. Well, today is 2020. Could it be our perfect waiting period? The year that our perfect waiting period has been completed. Glory to God. It's also symbolic of redemption, meaning freedom from the adversity, the pain, and the suffering you've been going through while you're waiting for your breakthrough. Redemption. Redemption draweth nigh. Hallelujah. I believe the Lord has prompted me to encourage you today to simply stay in faith and refuse to give up because 2020 is an appointed time for His people. Amen. If you receive it, Lift your hands right now and give the Lord a good shout. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now let me close it with this. God is turning bad situations into good situations. That's what a turnaround is. Isaiah 61.3, it says, To give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You could call that a great exchange. Amen. To give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Hallelujah. The New Living Translation says, A joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. Hallelujah. And the Revised Standard Version says, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit. Hallelujah. It's turnaround time. It's breakthrough time. It's supernatural increase time. Can you say amen? I believe we'll stop right there. I'm not done, but I'll stop. Give the Lord another good shout of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I haven't had a chance to tell you this. This goes right along with what daddy's preaching. Um, Kelly Copeland and I have a show called the Kelly and Jerry show. If you haven't seen it, you can watch it on govictory.com. Uh, we started about two years ago. And Jerry Ann Ministries and Jerry Savelle Ministries put all the money in to get it going. So this year, I was believing God for partners to help us fund it. And um, I, I was tired of 
my ministry put it all in, and I was like, okay, Lord, I'm just going to play reruns until the money comes in for it. So at Minister's Conference, you know this part, but I haven't told you what happened this week. At Minister's Conference, Buddy Pilgrim, who oversees finances there in January, came to Kelly and I, and he said, the Kelly and Jerry show is number one on the network, and we want to fund it for you. So KCM, yes. So KCM is going to pay for production costs for the Kelly and Jerry show. They said we are number one show, most watched show on the network. That's a major breakthrough. That's major. So we've been shouting and rejoicing over that. But, Dad, guess what? This week, Netflix contacted us. And they're going to pay us to put our show on Netflix. Wow. Praise God. Hallelujah. Isn't that awesome? Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. They're going to pay us, and it's it's a huge fee. I mean, it's huge. It's huge. I'm going to get a, a paycheck now. <laughs> so here's the cool part I want to tell you, though, is that I was at the gym a few months ago, believe in God, for partners to sew into this show. And I watch Rick Renner every day almost. And I partner with my dad. All my life, I partnered with Kenneth Copeland all my life. But I was watching Rick Renner, and I was praying and believing God, and I heard the Lord say to me, have you sewed to his show before? I said, no, I haven't. I watch him every day, and I've never given to him. So I went home immediately and began to partner with Rick Renner, and this is when the breakthrough happened. As soon as I sewed towards and I named my seed, then immediately these open doors, and like you've said, one open door. One open door, and that's yeah, what's happened. That's one open door, yes. Yeah. So it doesn't just work for Jerry Savelle. It works for Jerry and Savelle. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's awesome. Come on, give the Lord a good shout of praise. Hallelujah. Amen. Man, that excites me more than if it happened to me. Glory to God. Well, you missed a wonderful opportunity to say I'm probably next. (laughs) Amen. This is my set time. And what a door is that? And that door could open many more doors. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet, if you will. Father, I've delivered this word today. I believe exactly the way you put it in my spirit. I trust it was pleasing to you in my delivery, and I pray that it lodged in the hearts of every person who heard it. And Lord, I believe in Jesus' name that everyone within the sound of my voice, both in this auditorium and those watching by way of internet and live stream, they are not hearers on the word only, but doers of the word. And you said doers of the word shall be blessed in their deeds. Lord, I pray for supernatural increase for each and every one of them, and I am anticipating testimonies coming quickly. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Give the Lord one more good shout. Hallelujah. 